there is such a phenomenal bond that develops between God and his people. And I just love the fact that we got all kinds of different types of people in here worshiping God. All different types of people. And all different types of ways, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I just panoramically view the church every now and then. And some of y'all just be like this. Because y'all don't know what to do, so y'all just go like this and just, because you know, you're not used to work. But then some of y'all, I'm going to give you a parachute because you're ready to jump out the building. And ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. And so, and so it, it, but it's all right. Then I see, then I look around and I see I like my Nigerian contingent. Where all my Nigerians at? Wow. I didn't know you was Nigerian. Yeah. Wow. You know, at the first service, we had, as my daddy would say, Koreans. Uh, we had Korean folks. We got Islanders. We got people from Jamaica, Trinidad, Haiti, um, all different types of people groups. We, we got white people. Amen. White people, y'all can shout too. White people, put your hands up like this. All the white people, put your hands up like this. Amen. All my white people, yeah. We got Italian white folk, Irish white folk, Polish white folk, Roman white folk, South African. We got all kinds of white folk, and we got all types of post-slavery Negroes in here as well. <laughs> they said, he said Negro from the pulpit. Um, but yeah, we got all types of people. And what, what's beautiful, <laughs> y'all are crazy. And then we got some of y'all that y'all just ethnically like gumbo. Y'all like ethnic gumbo. <laughs> some of y'all don't know what y'all are. And that's okay. You're Christ. You belong to him. You know what I'm saying? So it's all good. But, man, it's, it's just exciting how jovial the gatherings have become and, and, and how freeing it is when you're celebrating the right person for the right reasons. So, so, so amen to that. And so uh, just a few things as, as, we, as we move forward. We want to keep uh, Sister Dana Bradshaw in our prayers. Her dad passed. And so we want to keep her lifted up in her family, uh, um, her two sisters, and, and everyone that, that is left behind uh, because of her father's death. Uh, the wake, well, the memorial service is tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock. And so we want to keep them lifted um, up in prayer. Um, also, um, on Tuesday of this week, my wife celebrates 10 years of being transplanted with the liver. Um, um, this, is, this, this woman under Jesus Christ is my hero. She's survived three bouts with cancer uh, uh, in her 30s. Um, uh, liver transplant, uh, just, just, has, just has been a survivor. So I bless God for her and love where she is today. Um, you know, I'm going to talk about planning in the sermon, but it's beautiful to see her dreams come true. Uh, and to be able to get behind her, to empower every dream that God has put in her heart to do, I want to be behind her empowering that. And it's good to see her on this side of healing. Uh, um, I remember when she could not walk, and she was being pushed around with a wheelchair, and now she's up here praising and carrying on. And, uh, <laughs> and so we've been together. We've been together almost 18 years, and it's been some of the best 18 years of my entire um, life. 
uh, also, also want to let you know about Organ Donor Awareness Sunday. This is the month in which we do organ donor awareness. And organ donor awareness is very, very important because the reason why she's here is because somebody died so that she could live. And, um, and, and, and one of the things that, that happens through is people who allow themselves to be listed as a person who would be an organ donor. That means that when you go uh, to either get your license renewed or get a license, or uh, you can go get your license transferred and have put on the back of it organ donor so that it, but, but, um, if something happens to you, uh, you, your, your organs can be harvested. I know what some of y'all thinking, I want all that God gave to me. You know what I'm saying? God gave me my liver, my heart, my eyes, my neck. I want it all. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, you don't get neck transplants yet. But, but, um, but, they, but, but, what's, but, but what's interesting is, is that, uh, it, it, you know, you're going to get all your stuff back when Jesus returns and, and sets up his kingdom. Matter of fact, you're going to get it better than the one you got now. Uh, matter of fact, we don't even know if the new body is going to have organs in them. Because the Bible says it's not yet known what we're going to be. All we know is we're going to be like him. And so, and so, and so in light of that, uh, God will bring all your stuff back together. And so get on the organ donor list, especially black people, because black people, you know, we, we, we want, every, we want Pop, uh, Uncle Bubba to be in the casket with everything God gave him. And that's okay. Um, because to be absent from the body, if you know him, is to be present with the Lord. So Uncle Bubba ain't caring about his body, and nor should you once you die. Um, God will take care of all of that. And so get on the organ donor list uh, so that you can be able to be a blessing. My wife was B positive, which is one of the rarest blood types. So that means she had to wait till somebody with that blood type passed to be able to get a transplant. And so she's a living witness, and I'm a living witness of the fact of the joy that God gives through organ donor awareness. Amen, somebody. Amen. Well, let's stand to our feet and let's uh, go through our message. We, we, we are, um, today we're in Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16, verses 1 through 4 and verse 9. In light of the fact that I only got through one point today in the first service, we're probably going to just do one of these points unless the Lord does something else. Um, and then we'll catch up on next time. Uh, here we go. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll read verse one with you and you read the rest for me. Here we go. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Keep going. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. Yeah, yeah. Read verse 9 again. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. One more again for Jesus. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Amen, amen, amen. If I can, I don't know how much we'll get through today, but this title, maybe part one, maybe all of it, we want to talk about today, living life on purpose. Living life on purpose. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that our lives are not just, uh, we're not nomadic beings, but God, you've created us in you to be clear and directed and pointed. And so God, I pray today that you will refresh us in knowing that our life is to and must have meaning because you've made us with very specific 
definitions. And so today, God, as we dive into this, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God, our strength, our Redeemer, in whom we trust, in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, you know, as we, as we begin talking about this, we're still in our manhood series on humanity, so, so don't forget we're in our manhood series. Now, a lot of what I'm going to talk about today um, uh, uh, is, is I've laid out a lot more in the book that's coming out in very, very fine detail. Uh, uh, so, so some of what I'm talking about will be in that, but all of it will not be in the book and the curriculum and the video series that's coming out in May through Lifeway. May of next year, and so, um, uh, and so we're going we're gonna to work through that, and the men, we're going to have time when we actually go through that entire six-week series um, at that particular time. But I want to I kind of point you, because I don't feel like we can wait on some of these things as a church, as men get developed and begin to develop life trajectories for every single area of our lives. And, and, and right, right here in this passage, I love Proverbs, because Proverbs to me, even though written for all believers, has a lot of husky maleness in it. And I like the book of Proverbs because most of the book, except for uh, chapter 31, is a father putting his sons on in perspective. Um, in other words, it's a book on father-son discipleship. It, it almost inferentially, based on the background information, gives us sort of a framework for men being developed in biblical masculinity in multiple sectors of our lives. And so in, in the book of Proverbs, you have two types of people. You have the fool and you have the wise. They are two communities of people. You, you have the community of the fool and you have the community of the wise. Now, now you got to understand, the community of the fool, there are multiple words for fool in the book of Proverbs. <clears throat> but there is an ultimate fool in the book of Proverbs, and that fool is called a Nabal. That Nabal, is, it, it literally translates to stupid fool. That means not only are you a fool, but you're also stupid, right? But that's the Bible. I ain't say that. That's the Bible, right? But then you have the Hebrew word for wise, which is the word chakma. Somebody say chakma. Get it right back in the back, right up in there, like you're getting something out. Chakma, right? Yeah, there you go. And chakma means skillful living. It, 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 it means not only to just have the right information and loading it up, but it, but it means to have the right information, and as you load it up, you become skillful in executing that which you know, which puts it and points it into the particular area of skillful living. And so throughout the book of Proverbs, you have the first chapter of pointing us and developing us in the idea of, 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 of heralding the idea of wisdom, then going to the type of community of people that you build yourself around and how you all influence each other for a, 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 a glorious community uh, for Christ. Then you got chapter two, uh, wisdom personified, and she's hollering out in the streets all the way to the point where the Bible centers it on the gospel in chapter 3 where it begins to talk about confidence and trust in the Lord is the wisest thing 
um, that you uh, can do. Four continues that. Then five, six, and seven talks about sexuality. Pops talking to his kids about sexuality. Then from eight on through, there are various issues that's being talked about. But then you'll see them talking about being lazy and trifling and then being diligent. But then we come to this section where Pops is chopping it up with his sons, and he begins talking to them about planning. Somebody say planning. So, so, so as you're planning, this is a very, very important part of living life on purpose because, because this is the big issue with our lives, especially as men. When you, don't, when you don't have plans, it comes from being hopeless. Being hopeless means to be dreamless, and to be dreamless is having nothing you are working towards which amounts to aimlessness. In other, words, uh, in other words, without a plan and without a biblical trajectory for every single area of your life, you are what one of my, one of my mentors calls, you are, you are a spiritual hobo. Now, if you know, hobo is a dude that just kind of aimlessly goes through life, eats as eating opportunities comes up. And basically, when the trains first came out, hobos used to hang on the train with each other, and they had a hobo community. In other words, a whole bunch of dudes that hang out together who was going nowhere, looking like, thinking like going nowhere, have no purpose, have no direction, have no plan. All they want to do is let life happen. Now, I know we don't have no hobos under the sound of my voice at Epiphany Fellowship because every man in here has a, has a trajectory and a plan for their life, but I'm talking to myself because I know I'm the only one that has to work through that idea, but we want to see God break hoboism among Christian men. This, this absolute fundamental aimlessness that finds no root in the word, no root in the gospel, no root in the Holy Spirit, and no root in the church. And so here, Solomon is, if you will, is developing his sons to begin this idea, which brings me to my first point on living life on purpose. First point, if you're going to live life on purpose, is you got to recognize that God expects man to engage life with him on purpose. God expects man to engage life with him. I didn't say life. See the difference. Engage life with him on purpose. Uh, the, the, the text said, now, now as we go through this, you're going to understand that there are macro plans and there are micro plans. God is the macro planner. Man is the micro planner. I'll explain that in a second. But he said the plans of the heart belong to man. I, I like that terminology. The plans of the heart belong to man. In, in essence, what the sage is saying to his children is he's saying, son, God has placed on you a divine mantle to plan. In other words, God doesn't plan for you. He expects you to execute and plan. Now, what does a plan mean? A plan means this. It means reflections. It means considerations, if you will. It means orderly purpose or arrangement of ideas in regards to future action. Let me say that again. Arranging or the arrangement of ideas with regard to future Action. So that means that he's telling his sons that every single area of your life has to be put in order. 
That means everything from your finances to your fiance and to your family, everything has to be put in particular order and trajectories based on what God's visionary portrait of that particular area of your life looks like when it's transformed by him. Wish I had some help, but I'm by myself. But, 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 but it means to arrange or set things in order in your life. That, 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 mean, that means that when you, when you want to come up on a honey, like, you know, dudes be talk, tripping me out, right? You know, they come to me and they say, Pastor, I, I love him, man. I want, I want to marry shorty. I'd be like, all right, so what, what's, what's, what, what have you began arranging? Well, I was just going, you know, ask her out. You know what I'm saying? You know how I do, Pastor, you know. I'm going, you know, ask her out. We're going, we're going to go out. Boom. I said, then what? You know, and see what happens. I was like, well, nah, that's not how it works. I said, first, based on 1 Corinthians chapter 7, she doesn't belong to you. She belongs to her father. And because she belongs to her father, guess what you have to do? You have to go ask his permission to talk to her. Wish I had some help. Now, to re- now, now, now but because, see, based on the Bible, to holler at a man's daughter without his permission and try to marry her is theft. Y'all real quiet. Well, she ain't got a father, talk to a mother. If she ain't got a mother, talk to a mentor. Talk to somebody that's in spirit because God has assigned people to her life. So that means you got to, well, what after that? Then, you, then we begin planning. Then you get, then you get premarital counseling. Then you work through community and you develop and build relationships with one another with other people present and peering in and looking at it so that you can get the help you need to develop in your relationship with that person. In other words, every single area of your life demands planning planning, arrangement. That's why we can't have spiritual hobos because God is a planner. God is a meticulous planner. Throughout redemptive history and prior to it, he was planning every single macro, massive event that was going to happen. How do I know? The Bible says that he planned for Jesus to be slain before the foundations of the earth. Jesus planned to become a man. Jesus planned to live for 30 years on incognito, on an incognito tip. Then he planned to take his ministry public after he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. The planning was so intricate that the Old Testament is a planning manual for eternity. It was a planning. That's why you see that. Guess what Jesus, whenever during his life, what did he do? He went back to the planning manual whenever something came up. Oh, y'all looking at me funny. When, when the devil met him in the wilderness after he fasted 40 days... He didn't say, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm, you know, you don't want this. You don't want this. He didn't say that. He, he answered him biblically with what God had already written before he came in his incarnation. I wish I had some help. And so, and so, and so the, the gospel is God planning out everything because he's a God that plans. And if we're supposed to be like him and we're supposed to be spiritual leaders, guess what you got to be? You got to be a planner. It's real quiet right now. But, 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 but and God planned that Christ would die on the cross and planned that when you repent and trust in Christ by faith, that righteousness would be imputed to you and you would be taken from spiritual death to spiritual life. Him being raised up from the grave gives you new life positionally and practically. You have many sufferings and many resurrections that make you look like the God who planned the way he was going to do that. But then guess what? Jesus Christ ascended to heaven and he's praying for us and the Holy Spirit is praying 
planning based on your prayers. He interprets them to God based on God's planning committee, and then he lets stuff happen based on the power of the triune click planning together. God the Father chose you. He planned for you to be chosen. Um, the God the Son specifically and strategically came to die, and the Holy Spirit has been planned and ordained to seal you into the day of Jesus Christ. He's a meticulous planner. And because he's a meticulous planner, because he's a meticulous planner, it reflects on our need to plan. Now, this is what's powerful. Planning doesn't make you more righteous. You plan because you're righteous. Did you hear that? Let's back up. You don't plan to make yourself more of a man. You plan because God has created you to be one. And this is very, very important because, you're, because, that, you, because the righteousness of Christ imputed to you is giving you the ability, one of those things is to plan, I got I to gotta move. And so, and so, and so, and then he said, but so, so he said that plans, they belong to man. So the Lord, again, has assigned planning to man as a form of self-government. As a form of self-government. That means you are a governor of your life on some level, where God has created you as a vice regent. A vice regent is what Adam was admit, uh, uh, um, uh, um, originally was supposed to be. And as his vice regent, what Adam was supposed to do was he was supposed to represent who God is on planet Earth by what he did. And that's why the plans, of the, the plans belong to man. That means it's in your lap to get your stuff in line with what God wants you to be and do. And this frees us up powerfully. This frees us up powerfully because in Galatians, I mean, in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says something powerful. It says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you ask, not can or may, but all you actually ask or think according to the power that is at work within you. That has give, the gospel gives you freedom to dream. That, that means you're supposed to have blank check dreams based on God empowering you to talk crazy before the throne. In other words, you are freed up to dream without limits but within the bound of Scripture. Let me say that again. You're called to dream without limits but within the limitations and bindings of scriptural principles. And so that means in every area of your life, you must be gospel dreaming about every single thing in your life to say, what does this area of my life look like if Christ's was feet was on top of it? If Christ's, feet, if Christ's feet was enthroned on every single area of my life, how would I meticulously lay this thing out? These are the particular areas and sectors that I think that are very, very important for a man from a practical standpoint. Number one, your spiritual formation. Your spiritual formation. Spiritual formation is planning to grow spiritually. That's why in our men's time, with our numanity stuff, men have a manhood plan. Men don't become men by accident. Men become men on purpose. You don't stumble into manhood. Just puberty doesn't make you a man. Underarm sauce don't make you a man. Amen, lights and walls. So, 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 so there's a need for you to be on a trajectory, and then what we do is we say, what in your life is an impediment to you becoming a man? That very thing that impedes you from becoming a man is the very thing that you need to deal with because nobody makes plans without planning for the consequences or things that will be hindrances to them. 
So that means you got a plan that stuff's going to go wrong. You got a plan for stuff getting messed up. What did God do? He knew that demons were going to start to try to stop Jesus. So guess what? Jesus was able to cast out demons. In other words, everything that God has planned, he has planned for anything that comes against it to not be able to come against the plans that he has established. That's very important. That, that, that means that any plan that we make based on God's will is, of course, is a plan that's going to come to, come to pass. Number two, you got to plan on being a leader on some level. You got to be a leader on some level. Don't no woman want no leadless man. Help me, Holy Ghost. Don't no woman want no man. She got to ask you to do everything. Bacon, you lead. Bacon, you check on. Bay, where we going? Bay, what's happening? Bay, 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 bay. That's a song. We can make it make that into a never mind. nice hook. So, but, but over and over and over again, she's, she's, she's always having to beg to be led. And if you're not taking the initiative in your own life, you're not going to take the initiative when God gives you responsibility for somebody else's. So you got to be ready to lead on some level. You may not be a, ma- a macro leader, but you, every man is a micro leader. So your wife shouldn't be begging for your leadership. She should be encouraging it and trusting that you're going to follow Jesus. All right, so, 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 so that means us as men, we have to man up in the area of being timid and, 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 and using our father wounds as a way to not leave with my daddy if he was there. Nah, nah, that, I'm, I'm sick of that. I had ish, daddy issues. Everybody got, all of God's children got daddy issues. So, so, so you can't use the excuses of what you did not receive as a way to not execute what God has called you to do. Why? Because, because why? Because we are more, with Christ, he is more than the world against us. And so what happens is, is no matter what your past had in it, God is time enough to take you beyond your past failings and mess ups and pains. Why? Because it glorifies him when you didn't have it and you got it from him. See, God, it was in God's plans. He used the plans of you having a messed up past so that he can show you a banging future. Yeah. See, that's, that's what he wanted to do. But you're so steady. You're so steady. And, man, and God is like, when you, I'm ready. I'm ready to get See, God's a dude. He's like, I'm ready to get it. All that whining you're doing, fam, I'm ready to put that to sleep. You ready? Let's roll. Let's roll. Because know what? Jesus faced the cross like flint. Matter of fact, he didn't even face his own issues because he had none. He faced all of our issues on the cross. And you got one little issue you dealt with, and he's already dealt with it on the cross, but you're still going back to that issue as a way not to move forward into where he wants you to be. <laughs> and see, the, see, see he, the gospel is more than enough. Christ, de- Christ Jesus is more than enough for you. And he's the best leader. He's the best leader. He's the best leader. But you got to stop punking out. I said you're a punk. Yes, you are. If you don't walk in God's divine will and you're sitting on your hands, you got new Jordans on. You know what I'm saying? You got, you got a crispy outfit on and you got a nice haircut, freshly Philly done with the buzzer little things right there. And you got the, you looking nice, but on the inside, you're trifling. Now, why do I say that? Why do I say that? Now, I'm not trying to beat you up. No, I'm telling you the truth because I had to go through it myself of God challenging me to lead. 
challenging me to lead intentionally. That's what it means for the plans to belong to you. God puts it in your lap by empowering you to do it. I'm still in the text. Next one, being able to provide. Hallelujah. I was about to pray in the Holy Ghost right there. You know, you know one of the things I'm concerned about is some of y'all have, y'all have functionally capped yourself from being able to maximize your ability to provide. See, see, see. <clears throat> so, oh, God, help me. See, I, 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 listen, you need to be able and to be one. Some of y'all need, I'm going to just say this. Some of y'all need to go back to school. Some of y'all need to go to school. Some of y'all need to finish what school you started. Some of you need to go to Tracy. Some of you need to go in the development lab because you, you, your family is going to be capped because you want to be a minimum wage brother uh, like Chris Rock was on Boomerang. Lost all y'all. But, but, but I'm, just, I'm just telling you right, I'm just telling you right now, I ain't talking, and I'm not talking prosperity gospel here. I'm talking about, I'm talking about provision gospel. There's a difference. God is a provider. And so, and so therefore, some of y'all, you know, I don't know how we're going to get, nah, get your butt in the closet, oh my God, and get to work on envisioning what, that's why the Bible says people without vision are unrestrained. You got to have a trajectory. That means you got to be willing to initiate, 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 initiate. I don't want to, I'm sick of hearing, I don't want to hear about, oh, well, I want to do it. And I want to, where is it at? Where is it at? Some of y'all just, I'm going to just say this. Some of y'all need to bust a move. <laughs> Some of y'all just need to bust a move. Listen, listen, listen. When it comes to, listen, me and my wife, came to Philadelphia when we, with the vision to plant the church, um, we had a 50-year vision with six months of money. And I said, you know, God, you know, um, now you said, you know, you said do this, right? Um, you know, and you know my wife, she needs insurance. We had, can't have laps of coverage. I was saying all of these little micro details. And God was like, <laughs> you know, go forward. I, because you're going in a plan that you, I've had you sit down to develop. And you're going to have to push forward, and I'm not going to show you everything up front to faith you into walking with me. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. He says, even though you can't see beyond six months, I can. Wish I had some help. And now it's seven, almost eight years later. And he still provides. Some of y'all are scared to death. See, many of you as men are paralyzed because you're looking at what you have versus what God has. Now, some of y'all are hobos, so you want to live off of that principle because you want to say, well, God's going to provide, and then, but you ain't got no plan. So God doesn't bless mess. So because he doesn't bless mess, if you don't have a plan, all you have is mess. And when you have mess, you won't go forward. And you won't be developed, and then you'll fall flat on your face. Next is visioning for your family. What's your plans for your wife's spiritual growth? We're going to talk about that in the family series, on how to do that. So you got a vision. That, uh, 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 you, man, if you lay out, if you, like in solemn assembly, I lay out what every year what God's vision 
for my wife's spiritual development every year. And we fast for the first week as a church. And one of the things that I have in there is a vision for her, vision for my boys. We got to do it. It wasn't always like that, though. But, 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 but it was a necessity for the development of my family. These are just sections of your life. Next one is financial forecasting. We already talked about that. But then also, you also have to plan to live sacrificially. That, that means you have to plan to die. You have to plan your life around the fact that you're going to die over and over and over and over again. Let me tell you that again. You're going to die over and over. You got to structure your life around dying. Listen, listen, let me tell you, let me tell you something. Jesus structured his life around dying. When, when it was like, when Peter was like, you must not go, God, he said, I rebuke you in the name of, and he's in my name, right? Yeah. He said, I rebuke you, <laughs> Satan. <laughs> he said, I rebuke you, Satan. Get behind me. Why? Because, because Peter was trying to talk Jesus out of being a man. See, some people you need to get behind you. I wish I had help. Because they're trying to talk you out of being a man. And what you need to do is you need to look at them, get behind me, Satan. Because you are putting your interest on the interest of human men, but I'm putting my interest on the interest of God. And when you put your interest on the interest of God, you press towards difficulty. That means you have to plan that life is going to have some hellish moments. You have to plan for perseverance. You have to plan to fight. You have to plan to endure. You have to plan to be steadfast. You have to plan that you're carrying. You're going to have to plan out the fact because it belongs to you. It's a plan. And you got to recognize, <coughs> ain't nobody going to baby your butt through life. Oh, it's okay. You're going to be all right. Come in. Come in. You know, you know how you, this, this is funny. When, when a parent see their kid fall, the first thing the kid does is they look up to see how everybody's reacted. Even if the fall wasn't that bad, they want to look around to see if anybody's, if somebody said, uh, that's why visitors, when visitors come over, they mess the whole thing up. Because they're like, oh my God, oh, you ain't got no kids, so that's why you wilding. <laughs> so so I, said, I, said, I said, get up. Come here. Let me see it. You all right, go on about and play. <laughs> That's what God does to us. That's what God does to you. God don't, God don't care about that little fall. He's like, oh, get up, go, boom. God, God you going to do me like that? God, why are you going to do me like that? But God's like, go. <sighs> That's how God is, man. Y'all think God got some gangster in him, y'all. Y'all just don't know. He's the original gangster. You know what I'm saying? He's going to kick you right out and say, get your butt back out there and keep it going because I'm with you. So you got a plan to live sacrificially. It's so pre-the fall how God already did that for men. Because the word for the Bible said that God wanted man to subdue creation. Now, subdue in the Hebrew, interestingly enough, means to bring under one's control for one's advantage or to harness the potential of creation and use its resources for the glory of God. That's what God's plan for you to do. To subdue. That's, that's what plans do. Plan to say, how am I going to use everything in my life for Jesus' namesake? Every single thing in your life, you have to be getting, saying, Jesus, what glory do you want out of this particular thing? What, what does it look like for your blood to reign in this particular area of my life? What does it look like? Listen, listen, I'm just trying to tell you that it's good to be a player because I'm just telling you right now, I'm just telling you right now, <clears throat> women like that. Matter of fact, the woman you marry going to want you to do that. Want you to have a life where you say, baby, let's subdue creation together, girl. You know what I'm saying? 
Girl, come on, come on, hold my hand. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Let me hold my hand for a second. Baby, you know what? I just want to let you know that, man, as I look at our life together and the opportunity for our life together, I can, you my Eve, you my rib and everything. And um, I could just really see us going throughout the earth and seeing redemption happen together. Me and you holding hands, looking in each other's eyes, having children together. Here, take some of this. Um, baby, we're going we're gonna to subdue all of creation together that God has put in our sphere. Can you imagine me, you ruling together under Jesus Christ and taking, listen, listen, look at her eyes. See that? <laughs> See that? See, I don't know how to be no, see, that's a biblical player right there. You know what I'm saying? That's a biblical player. You know what I'm saying? Let me tell you something. Any women, some girl, some girl like this. Woo! That was for my wife. But anyway, um, you know, you know the, the, the interesting, I'm just telling you right now, that's so attractive. Because some of y'all brothers, ugly. You know you are. And you know your boy always get the girl and you don't. So you got to be extra holy. Hey, y'all, y'all, every time I say, y'all act like it ain't true. Y'all act, but y'all know everybody, facial artistry ain't the same. And so holiness gives you an edge. She'd be fine looking like pretty Ricky. You walk in, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all those that are contained. But pow, the whole thing changes. Anyway, I got to move. Y'all crazy. You know, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, keep your mind on things above where Christ is seated. Now, what's interesting about that principle is it's not telling you to go to heaven and act like earth doesn't exist. It means that while you're on earth, you function with heavenly dreaming that influences you being on earth. Are you with me? Keeping your mind on things above says, man, what is Christ and what's the Godhead talking about? See, you're interested in what the Godhead is talking about. And then what you do is you, you're beginning to download the beauty of what things look like in that vein. I got to keep going. But it says, that, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. There it is. <clears throat> now, this is the hard part. <clears throat> because we, every, um, I'm, gonna get it. I'm not going to say that yet. It's for next time. But you, you have to recognize that as good and as nice as your plans are, God is sovereign. <clears throat> God is sovereign. So so what does that mean? That means that the answer of whether or not it's going to happen ultimately comes from him. Uh, 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 See, 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 humans, you can set all you want in order, but God has a big plan that he's working out. And what happens is, is we make plans to be connected to his big plan. That means is that our little plans shouldn't be just for us, but as we plan, we should be thinking about somebody else. Uh Uh-uh. See, what happens is, is most of our plans only related to how God can bless us. But when you think redemptively, your plan always blesses beyond you. Why? Listen, 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 listen. When you plan biblically and when you hand your stuff to the divine editor, that's what God is. I told this story before. I, I, I remember I finished the paper. I, I had the little blue screen on, on, the, on, his, on his computer with the, the, uh, the uh, computer um, 
the keyboard, the, the, the things was this thick, you know what I'm saying? And I'm pushing on it, getting that thing up, getting it in. Curse was done. And I was like, done. Then I went to the little thing, said print, print it out. Then it said, coming out, you know, it was a long time. That was early years. Then it had the little holes on the side. I pulled it off. Then I put the pages together because they didn't come out the way they do now. They just spit out and everything. You could pick it up. Then I put, I stapled that joint up. Then after I stapled it up, I went to the class. English teacher was in there. She was like, Mr. Mason, your turn to bring yours. And I said, plow. I'll just throw it on the desk. I said, that's going to be like an example um, for how paper should be written. <laughs> so, and I walked away. I, was like, I, wa- I, wa- I, started, I walked away like that when I sat in my chair. <clears throat> when the next class came up, all of us was getting our papers back. I was like, watch this. I looked at that joint. That joint was bleeding like a mug. <laughs> and, and, and what was interesting is I was like, man, this, I mean, I mean, I'm like, where did I write anything? I was just trying to figure that out. So I'm like, man, she done tore my paper up like that, man. Gonna have me sitting on in here. And I mean, my paper was literally bleeding. And, 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 she, and she said, why the sad face, Mr. Mason? <laughs> I, I, and I just looked at her. She, she said, come in, Mr. Mason. I said, yes, ma'am. She says, everywhere you see red, make the corrections and hand it back into me. That's what our plans are in God's hands. God, Christ bleeds on our plans and restructures them according to the will of God. And then he hands the paper back to us and he says, now this is the plan that you're supposed to do now. But this is the problem, though, because it doesn't always come out like that. Because there are several reasons why it doesn't come back like that. And this is the last part of what we're going to be on today. God will sometimes just edit your dreams or your plans. Sometimes he hinders it from coming to pass. <laughs> Sometimes God is against us and our plan. So he'll hinder the fact that it will come to pass because the plan may... Listen, God many times doesn't like your plans. And so what you, but some of us, what we begin to do is we try to continue with the plan because we don't understand no. Because we've been watching Maybach music and Young Money, Cash Money, good music and everybody, and they tell you to be on your grind no matter what. And there's these haters out there, these invisible people out there. Oh, see, that's, that ain't, you ain't doing nothing but hating. You ain't doing nothing but hating. You hating on my plans. You hating on my stuff. But now that's God not liking your stuff. But there's these, we, uh, listen, in every story in our life, we're the protagonist and everybody's the antagonist, Right? You know what I'm saying? In the story of our life, everybody, you're, somebody's a, man, it's a hate. That's just hating. Ain't nobody hating. It ain't working. It's a whack plan, and it needs to stop. And then now you, now you ticked off with God because God is opposed to the pride of you not admitting how funky the plan is. <laughs> so you, but, but you're on your grind, right? <laughs> but then sometimes... <clears throat> God will let us fall so we can look to him. Sometimes he'll say, just go on. You, oh, you're not, I love you. Go, go on. Let's see how that turns out without me. <laughs> That's a bad place to be in. But he's loving enough to let you go and do it and be waiting on the other side because he knows at the exact moment you're going to break. And he stands there and says, you ready now? You ready to talk to me? Hi. Right? But then sometimes you have a good plan and God <clears throat> edited the plans or didn't edit the plans. He said these are great plans, but he shelves the plan. And God will sometimes shelves the plan, 
Not because the plan has issues, but because you got issues. Sometimes the dream that you dream is so big that your character can't keep you when God gives it to you. <clears throat> and see, and see, and see, many, and many times we, we, we take that as that's never going to happen. <clears throat> but God says, I'm more concerned about you than the plan because you're also a part of the plan. See, sometimes we forget we're the plan as well. That's why he says, I know the plans that I have for you. They're good and not for evil. That's what he says to his people as, as, as a whole. And so, and so God sometimes will share the plan. Ask David. David wanted to build a temple. When David says, he said, you're not going to do it. And, 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 David, and David was like, all right. You know what I'm saying? But, 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 but the plan was shelved, but his son was the one to do it. But then there are other times where God would just open unexpected doors. <laughs> See, this is the way God likes things to happen. I'm just telling you, this is the way it works. <clears throat> God likes for you to be unexpected in how he brings things to pass so that he gets the glory. Sometimes God, God says, I don't, it's not going to, you, you're well connected, but I'm going to not let your connections be your connection because you'll give glory to your connections. <clears throat> You got too many resources, and so I'm going to put you through something that's going to make it real, real tight for you, but still burden you with the dream, even though the resources don't look like it's coming. But the reason why I'm doing that is to build a worship environment in your life. Um, see, 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 every now and then you need to, see, some of y'all ain't learned to worship yet because you ain't been through anything that makes you worship God because he unexpectedly came through in ways that you didn't expect him to come through. But what God likes to do is he likes to alley-oop himself. I, I don't know if you ever watched a game and a dude kind of, Magic Johnson's doing that thing, he throws an alley-oop like this, and dude comes from the other side, clash out, and tears that thing down. See, God likes to unexpectedly make shots through you. He's, he, and, 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 see, and see, he wants to get away. Some of y'all are on it tight now, and really you're thinking God is saying no, and God's just saying, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to begin, you got to be, you got to begin to say, God, God, I want you, I want to structure my life around. You cannot be a biblical man. And listen, there is no way this, I'm going into the next thing. Uh, I, I don't want to go into it too much, but there is no way, shape, or form that your life is ever going to be structured where you, where you are not going to have faith. That's why without faith, it is impossible to please him. And he who comes to him must know that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Uh, the Bible says in uh, uh, Romans chapter 14, last verse, anything done without faith is sin. And so, and so you, you have to recognize, you have to recognize that God is not just working on the world, he's working on you. And as he does it, it's going to be the most magnificent portrait of redemption as he brings things to pass for his name. But remember, it's not for you. Listen to me, it's not merely for you, but it's, it's, it's what God wants to do that's beyond you. And you know that when you're on to something, when what has to happen takes, it's, it scares you, and it's bigger than you bringing it to pass on your own. Yeah. 
If it's bigger than you bringing it to your, this is not some health, wealth. Listen, I'm just talking about how the kingdom works. God wants to scare you in this sense, not spirit of fear scare you, but allow you to take a deep breath like you're on the worst roller coaster because when you survive that dip, he wants you to know the reason why you survived it was because of me. So I'm done, but I'm just letting you right now. The righteous shall live by faith. (laughs) Father, we thank you. We honor you. Bless you. For the ability, for the for the ability to be under you, under your plans, under your directives, <clears throat> and to, to, to just recognize, living God, that you have been absolutely unadulteratedly working in us and through us, and you are the divine planner who transforms lives, who transforms souls, and, and, and you are about us being conformed to the image of Christ. That's what it's about. As we get conformed to the image of Christ, we look more like Jesus. And then we impact others who come to Jesus and look more like Jesus so that they can impact others and look more like Jesus. But it's all a planning process that you plan. You plan for preaching to happen. You plan for the Holy Spirit to convict of sin, righteousness, of judgment. You plan, Lord God, to give each one a measure of faith so that they can actually believe. God, you plan that, 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 that they would confess Jesus by the Spirit of God. You planned all of that is just, so, it's just so meticulous. It's so clear in the Bible that you're a divine planner. And so, God, I pray that our men would be the most noted, that, that men, black men, white men, Asian men, Latino men, all different types of men, that there would be a culture in the church, not just this church, but in the church. Where, where, where Christian men become known for being men of vision, men of planning, men who love their wives, love their children, have perspective, who trust you. Just, there's a culture of that that just seeps off of all of us as we mature in Jesus Christ. Honor your name. Bless your name. In Jesus' name.